guest of pressure points. I'm Senior D, and this is my water gator, AJ. We're coming at you with season four, episode 28 Nazis in Vietnam. Find out this week here now. Find us on pressure, or er, find what? us on pressure points. Yeah, Just do that. it. Yeah, Instagram and Twitter at points of pressure. I'm so ready for this episode. My laptop has an hour and 30 minutes left on the battery, and you know that battery is lying, so that's I, probably a 45 minutes left on it. <laughs> I uh, I got a little bit too hyped with the uh, clickbaity title. Oh my god, it's tongue-tied. so clickbaity. I'm ready. But did did you ever notice how fat that beat drop is in our yeah, intro it's, song? It's a heavy one. It's every good. time I listen to that song, I like it. We more. dance every single time. We hit that. Intro. I'm surprised we're even, not sick of it yet. Even when we're remote, I'm just over there grooving. Oh yeah, I'm doing the little shack shimmy all the time. I'm doing the. Mm-mm. Oh yeah. Oh god. So, tell us your big news. Ah uh, no. So I'm pregnant. No, I'm not. Uh, Fuck with that. With my baby. Yeah, with, with D's baby. It's going to pop out a podcaster yeah. who has no ambition in life. Yeah, it's going to come out a neck beardy fucking bitch. Yeah, our our podcast studio is turning into an eggbeard nest. It's just garbage. It's okay. Wait. Oh, God. Oh, fuck. No. No, oh, and fuck. cigarettes. It's okay. Uh, we don't have any anime, like... Yet. News clippings out, so... That's the, the, okay the surprise. On Amazon, I ordered uh, anime figurines. Of you did. So we can put them in the bottom of a jar and fill it up. Every <laughs> <laughs> episode. If you hear a little bit of... <laughs> You know what's happening. <laughs> a little dribble. You know what it is. <laughs> oh. You know, you know. But in in reality, I. Uh, oh, oh is that why you bought a fucking three D printer? You know it. Oh. Yesterday, my three D printer came and I built it, and I am totally not using it to make a bunch of weed related objects. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, honestly, if it works, Dude, it works. I they look oh, good. It's so much fun. I made like a little headphone. It is the stand. I even told your father this. It is the most AJ purchase ever. Everyone I've talked to about it were like, yeah. It literally allowed me to seize the means of production. <laughs> I don't have to buy jack shit anymore. Yeah, you don't even have to buy groceries. Yeah, if you I'm can, hungry, I will you eat print PLA. print your own food. I'll just print it off yeah, in a chicken corn. cutlet. Fuck it. It's biodegradable. I'm sure it'll go through you eventually. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> totally fine. Your body will break it down in time. Yeah, no, it's it's fantastic. Already, the first thing that I printed to test it out was one of those cigarette extendo sticks that they used Fucking a lot. I don't know what a they're bitch called. Stick is what it's. Is called. that what it's called? That's what your dad called it. Yeah. yeah, he always calls it a bitch stick. Ugh. But basically, it's it's one that's modeled off one that Cary Grant used in one of his movies. I love it. It's so that's that is a very AJ thing we, to print. We will be utilizing that this coming weekend. Oh um, yeah, anything you want, dildos, butt plugs, <laughs> reach out, baby. Oh, get those suggestions coming in. We should make keychains. I'm surprised. PP keychains. The very first thing that you should make is like a fucking pressure points logo. I hate that you're slowly (laughs) letting out the carbonation of your drink. You You should make a pressure points 3D logo on a 3D printed chain for a necklace, <laughs> and we will hang so it, it just on breaks the TV. immediately. Yeah, it, oh. we'll never wear it unless we ever make a booth at Comic Con. 
<laughs> but it's amazing. But no, yeah. no, a, a pressure points er, uh, dry herb grinder. Uh, yeah, sold. Uh, but yeah, fantastic. It's good stuff. Fuck, that's a good idea. We could do like the rising sun behind it. And that's Fuck. honestly, it's the best way for you to do three D designing. Yeah, because I don't know how to do it. I just yeah use other people's files. Right. So this is gonna be a big week for us. Uh. Is it? I know it's only Monday. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I already forgot. I know it's only Monday. I know AJ forgot about it. But keep an eye out on Thursday because we're dropping a uh, one of our Patreon exclusives. We're dropping a sloppy seconds. Uh, it's Lost Things Found. AJ's got some a fucking cool little story about his adventure this weekend. Um. And for those of you who are Patreon subscribers, don't worry. We didn't just give everybody free stuff that you had to pay for. I took somebody's suggestion, and I'm now making them pay for it to hear me talk about their suggestion for cash for me. Don't call J.G. Wentworth, because it's my money now. <laughs> Your money cash now? <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Yeah, check it out, Patreon. Uh, I mean, obviously, we're trying to grow. We're trying to make sure we can focus on this. That would be cool. But if you can't do it, don't do it. Yeah. Um. Well, that was a fun little little side adventure. We had to pause the recording. Yeah, AJ's uh, 3D printer is <laughs> broken forever now. Yeah, fucking but No. We no, cursed it. The, the fucking plate came off, so that was a pain in the ass. But... It only took a second to yeah. fix. So, I, uh, so my little ramble there, I apologize. Yeah, that's because my wife came in and she was holding a piece of metal. I'm like, fuck. And I was like, what the fuck? So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, check us out. We, like I said, we put those episodes out. It's cool. If you don't like them. It's cool. cool. I don't give a fuck. Um, cool. So, All right. So, Nazis in Vietnam. Yeah. Uh, answer me this. What the fuck? Okay. So... <laughs> We haven't talked about Vietnam a lot. No, and I feel like it's it's one of those ones that's kind of like true crime for me. That I'm like, a lot of people go over it because of how how many people were like, "Yo, the Forgotten War." Like, I just Vietnam's called the Forgotten War, or was that Korea? I, I think know. that's Korea. I, I forgot. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's Korea. <laughs> but regardless, I felt like it was one that. There were so many fucked up things going on, but everybody kind of knew about it. But obviously, I didn't know about Nazis in Vietnam, and I'm sure you didn't either. That's why you clicked on this. I thought oh you were talking God. to me. <laughs> you got fucking clickbaited. Boom. Um, but yeah, we haven't really gone into a lot of it. Uh, yeah, and and that's kind of been on purpose from my from my point. I really wanted to focus on like early 1900s to mid century, yeah. little bit of the Cold War kind of stuff because i knew i know how deep and controversial oh and difficult God. vietnam is like it, it, it and, it's and it's stupid one. it's stupid it's because a fucking rough one world war ii is arguably worse mm. because of numbers if you look at it from uh you know deaths uh genocide numbers yeah like it's arguably worse in that sense I... with how many people were involved how widespread this shit was, but 
Vietnam, I guess, I guess it's it's closer to home. Yeah. It's harder. It's easier to dissociate against World War II. So I can talk about how shitty it was. Yeah, because you're like. But then oh. I talk about uh, Vietnam, and that happened in my family's lifetime. Yeah, I feel like World War II. It's like you have relatives that are like ninety years old that were there, and so it's hard for a lot of people to really relate with it because. That generation is passing on, and it's like, okay, we've learned about it. We've heard about it. We know all this World War II stuff, which is unfortunate that people feel that way. Yeah, yeah, I, I hate it, but it's plus, true. there's a lot of fucking stuff that happened in World War II. Yeah. With Vietnam, in my personal opinion, I feel like there was a lot of, a lot of corruption that happened that a lot of people don't really want to approach because, like you said, it's a sensitive topic, mm-hmm. and it's fucked up. Like, it, it was essentially a proxy war between communist powers and non-communist powers so that we didn't start another World War III. That's the same thing with Korea. Essentially, it's a proxy war where all these huge superpowers are funneling a ton of money and troops to these small, impoverished nations. Yeah, and I, because it because was they, 30 years closer yeah. than World War II, exactly. it feels, like you said, closer to home. You know more people that draft dodged people that went there that people who saw the camps mentally fucked up people that saw their friends so yeah. murdering innocent people well, think about this it's tough you have a generation that's being raised by a generation that was broken by the atrocities of <laughs> yeah. world war ii yeah no shit that the mental health issues from vietnam were so fucking bad plus just oh. some of the shit that we're gonna go into today <laughs> is just just horrible so we're gonna talk about a little a little area Called My Lai in Vietnam. Have you ever heard of My Lai? I haven't. I, so, I, as you know, there is a lot of, like, big historical events that I don't really know a lot about because I was a fucking terrible student in high school. <laughs> I didn't do anything with history because I was like, oh, fuck this, I'm a stupid 16-year-old. And so... When it comes to a lot of the stuff, basically between, I mean, we didn't cover a lot of it too, between like post-World War II to like the 90s, a lot of it was just graced over Mm -hmm. because I went to a low-budget school. They were like, oh, let's go over the important stuff. And then it's like, oh, the more recent stuff. Civil rights movement, are we going to touch that? Yeah, we'll talk about it a little we bit. We definitely will. I've got like, some good shit on there. It's I I don't know a lot about more recent events just because of the failure yeah, of the, the US education yeah, system. Failure of the US education system that the sets failure us up of, to repeat history. Of me just being a an Hey, idiot. if you don't give a shit about it, that's totally fine. No, no, I didn't. <laughs> I do now. Yeah. Why do you think I'm doing this podcast? Exactly. <laughs> so something if you kinda wanna get into that time period. I completely suggest listening to Noam Chomsky, his books, his lectures, whatever, because he goes into basically foreign policy stemming from World War II and how it shaped the nation that we are today. And it's Oof. it's a huge topic, but he, he does it so well. He's basically the epitome of explain like I'm five. Oh, amazing. U.S. foreign policy. And he makes it interesting, at least to me, but I'm a fucking nerd about this uh, shit. It's great because I'm basically five years old. Perfect. Basically. Yeah. So... This is March 16th, 1968. Okay. And I want to specify, I'm going to say Viet Cong a lot as a blanket term for 
basically the communist side or the, the side against the allies, against the U.S. That's either Viet Cong or the People's Army of Vietnam, which is the Army of Northern Korea. Okay. Not as not. But as I'm just like gonna a, say Viet Cong. Yeah, not as like a, a hateful or spiteful term. Well, no, it's because they're two different groups. Okay. But I'm blanketing them together in one because it just gets really confusing. Okay. And they're basically on the same side. One's yeah. just more guerrilla-y, I guess. One's one's organized differently. Oh, okay. Cool. So, in December 1967, Charlie Company, First Battalion, 20th in- Infantry Regiment, arrives in in Southern Vietnam. Did I just? Oh, I hit the. I thought I. I thought I <laughs> hit a dial. Ended, you fucking turned Fuck. it all Okay. Off. So they they arrive in Vietnam, and for about the first three months that they were here, they had no direct contact with the Viet Cong, with any enemies. But they lost twenty eight people. They had twenty eight casualties from traps and mines, including one of their beloved, beloved, beloved sergeants. Oh, okay. So they so they land. And they lose how many people? 28 people 28 in three months. 28 in three months. From traps. Oh, that's rough. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they like, haven't even seen an enemy. It's it's that fucking meme where he's like, if I had a nickel for every time this happened, I would have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's unfortunate that it's happened so many times. Yeah. It's kind of that, like 28 people just from traps, and it really hasn't even started yet. No, no, it's the war has started. They're just not but, in but that yet, direct like they, contact They haven't zone. had that direct contact yeah. is what I mean. Like, it's not like. 1v1 yeah. level shit. Yeah, they're not, you know. It's 1v0. They're, they're not going down through trenches or, or dugouts and yeah. tunnels from the Viet Cong. God, what is this, the Battle of Pele <laughs> So, in 1968, January, so this would be, this was like d- two months later, the Tet Offensive began, which, if you're a history nerd, you know what this is. If you're not, you might have heard of it. It's a pretty big event. Basically, the Tet Offensive was 80,000 Viet Cong uh, attacked 100 different towns and cities at the same time. Oh. So the the whole idea was, oh, we're going to show how powerful we are in this offensive that more people are going to rise up and join the Viet Cong, uh, more people are going to defect, more people are going to, you know, have the power to fight against the oppressing Americans and other allies. And... Would it also be safe to say that the approach is that if we hit 100 towns, there's no way that they can stop us if we're covering yeah. that It's the shotgun area. approach. Yeah. It's just boom. Yeah. We're so, not going to get as much right yeah. away. There are going to be a lot of casualties, but they're not going to stop us. Yeah. It's going to be a lot more difficult to fight against that. Yeah. So, I mean, initially it worked. The, the whole idea was, oh, all the locals are going to join and then the government's going to fall and then the allies will have no reason to be there anymore. Because uh, the southern Vietnam government's gone. So, initially, really successful. Because it was such a surprise attack. But because the the Allies, especially the U.S., relied on... They used helicopters so much. They were able to travel so quickly that they they pretty fairly quickly scooped up the land back. Uh, there was one battle that lasted over a month. Ooh. And the, the Viet Cong, because they had occupied this town for over a month, they were just executing... It was a couple, couple thousand folks. Now, Vietnam and probably Korea, both kind of the start of like a really, really heavily focused guerrilla warfare, right? Or would you say that started even further back? I would say that the like, ideas I mean, of it are... started further back, but 
the utilization of it at its at its core when you have a jungle like vietnam yeah you can be a lot more guerrilla than anywhere else because guerrilla warfare as we know it in a I could be completely wrong, but in a basic, very basic way, guerrilla warfare started with the Hashashin. Oh, that's and then it a wasn't really good it point. wasn't seen for a couple hundred years, and then the the next like what's considered a big war, even though on the world plane it really wasn't, okay, was yeah. uh, the U.S. independence, the Revolutionary War. Oh yeah, was very guerrilla. Uh, but but if we Britain's looked at their guerrilla tactics, so much, we'd say yeah. that's barely guerrilla. Okay, compared yeah. to Vietnam, so it's okay. definitely evolved. Like World War One. Not a lot of guerrilla once yeah. the trenches started, but and that's what I mean. It, World it War Two, the the amount of like the Norwegian uh, resistance fighters, the French resistance, all the resistance fighters essentially. Like Adolf Hitler had a had a special ops team that would use paragliders to drop oh, into Jesus. mission zones. Like really, this really is where it's life. starting to develop with the technology, okay. and then that led into Vietnam where. They don't have the technology, but they have the fucking gorilla. Yeah, they they know the area. Yeah, so they well. they understand the value of oh, booby trapping and leaving mines everywhere, yeah. killing twenty eight people while not even being near yeah. them. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. while while your two lines haven't even had a confrontation. Exactly. Okay. So so it they really dial in on it. It seems like. Um. So. A lot of this stuff was happening, and in March, so. Two months later, March 1968, the U.S. had this idea. Basically, the Tet Offensive was gone. Also, I should point out that the sources that I'm looking at are Western sources. So these are definitely biased towards the U.S., the U.S. military. Even though I'm totally doing an anti-U.S. military piece (laughs) using their information, it's just I don't speak Vietnamese. I didn't have a a long enough time to actually go in and try to find non-Western yeah sources so i i do want to point that out because that's that's really important in these topics the information i'm getting from are is biased it has an inherent bias but uh a couple months later the u.s thought oh ted offenses ted offensive is gone they didn't gain that much from it and one of the battalions that was in the ted offensive on the other side was on the Viet Cong side was the 48th battalion um, they figured, they had some intel that the 48th Battalion was hiding out in this group of villages and hamlets, like, um, basically that they were hiding. They were just dissolved into yeah. it, pretending to be there, waiting for their next time to strike, waiting for their orders or whatever they were going to do. So they, they designated these villages, the, uh, the Milai 1 through 6. Okay. Yeah, which is so stupid because one of the villages was supposed to be Milai. It wasn't even Milai. Milai was in a different location. It was mismarked on a map. What the fuck? So they just went with it. They didn't realize until after. Just because it was it was like mainly for a, a location idea. Yeah, like, they were like, well, say, this oh, is Milai. Let's is... go here. Yeah. Milai, cool. Who gives a shit kind of thing? Yeah, even though it's not Milai. So yeah. the military command in Vietnam at that time decided... That in order to regain the strategic initiative, to really make them look good after the Tet Offensive, was, let's set up a huge search and destroy mission for all the members of the 48th Battalion. Let's hunt them down one by one in these villages, kill them, and that'll make us look really good because we took out a whole battalion of troops and they weren't even together. They weren't even, like, they're not at fighting strength. And so I'm sure it was 
wildly successful. No civilians died. And they found Minimal them. civilian deaths. They they didn't kill any of them. They just they arrested them promptly and ended the war. No, no. The 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 point was to kill them. <laughs> I know, I'm just giving you no shit. No arresting. Solely solely on the basis of the source of your <laughs> of your notes. Yeah. So task force we, Barker. We, we hug them into surrendering. Exactly. <laughs> we use thunder vests. Yeah. <laughs> so task force Barker was created. And this included Charlie Company that I mentioned earlier. They they formed and they started the search. By and now now we're gonna go back a little bit because that's I think I just put the wrong date. So pretty soon after that, when they started the search, they were pretty successful. They basically just went to these different areas, different towns, uh, not even in the Milai area yet. They're like okay. in surrounding areas. Yeah. And <laughs> wait, wait, the real Milai area. Or no, the no, fake their Milai area. <laughs> they actually started calling it Pinkville. No idea why. Jesus Christ. And they they were decently successful. They recovered some weapon stashes and ca- caches. They took out some mines. They did find some members of the Viet Cong, allegedly. But um, not, not of the 48th Battalion. Mm, un, un, unnoted un, what, unnoted. whether they were from. Okay. So March 16th through the 18th are the days that we're going to focus on. Okay. In 1968, Task Force Barker has a plan to engage in the final push to knock out the 48th Battalion. They were informed by Colonel Henderson to, and I quote, go in there aggressively, close with the enemy, and wipe them out for good, end quote. I have a lot of quotes, because Vietnam has some fantastic quotes. Oh, God, I'm sure. So well documented. So basically, they, they were ordered, hey... Milai 1 through 6, we're going to burn down the houses, kill the livestock, destroy the food, the supplies, <sighs> burn and poison their wells. Jesus Christ. Captain Ernest Medina, who's very active in these next couple of days, was quoted by saying, they're all VC, now go and get them. And God. anybody that was running from us, hiding from us, or appeared to be the enemy, if a man was running, shoot him. Sometimes, even if a woman with a rifle was running, shoot her. If they're running away. and Yeah, well, of course, yeah. They could have been the baddies. Yeah. Uh, so I hate... I I love learning about the shit, but I really fucking hate knowing that it happened. Because it's <laughs> mm-hmm. just like... Like, putting myself in their shoes, I try to understand what the fuck they were thinking. And I'm like, no, you were just a violent piece of shit. Like... You were just a spiteful human being this was that the, really just wanted to kill people. This whole thing was the epitome of, I'm just following orders, which is what the Nazis said. Mm, that was the excuse. I didn't even make that connection until just now. Damn. <laughs> Damn it. This is good. The title's amazing. <laughs> um, so, so um, You got clickbaited, AJ. <laughs> Damn it. So he, he also said, Captain Medina said that most of the villagers would be at the market by 7 a.m. So pretty much anyone else in the villages... If they're still there, chances are really good they're either Viet Cong or they're Viet Cong sympathizers. Man, what 7 a.m., what a great time to set an entire city built out of, I don't know. Thatch? Thatch <laughs> and the the surrounding jungle trees. Yeah, let's just, let's throw some Molotovs in <laughs> there. We'll, we'll find the 48th Battalion if oh, yeah. it's the last thing I do. God damn. They were told to kill all combatants, suspects, and animals, and I quote, 
anything walking, crawling, or growing. Oh, Jesus. Destroy or poison the wells and burn the buildings. This this entire area was designated as a free fire zone, which basically meant that they had full authorization to use artillery and airstrikes without regard to civilian considerations. Jesus. Full, you can call in any air support you want. And the worst, like, you got to realize. Well, not you, but those <laughs> that are listening, these are sources from the ally side. That oh, yeah, are like, yeah. oh yeah, we did this. It's this like is, this is from a a lot of this is from a congressional report. A lot of fucking, this is from yeah. memoirs of people who were there. A lot of it, uh, most of it, I think, is from the initial investigation of this event. And imagine accounts from the other side, like. I feel if like you could find them. I feel like that's what's really hard to fathom with a lot of this is that people don't really take into account that like like I know I, I keep getting back to World War II, but people that were living in Germany at the time that aren't necessarily Nazi sympathizers. Like they were just kind of there at the time. Yeah. They're getting bombed by the US and the US is like, We killed all these Nazis and it's like you killed us fucking like you you, bom- you killed no, no. thirty this people is, under ten years old. This like, is a better is this is a better problem? example. Uh, tank factories were frequent bomb targets, obviously. Yeah. So, a big thing that people don't want you to you know know about, at least during the time period, was they bombed a ton of tank factories. That was their main target constantly. Supply factories. Well, these tank factories were staffed by sixteen-year-old women who were kidnapped from the Soviet Union. Exactly, that's exactly what I mean. <laughs> like, is it? It's like they weren't even German. Like, you're showing, oh, we're we're toting these big numbers. Look how wildly successful we are in a war, and you can even equate this to what the U.S. was doing in the Middle East for the oh, last fucking easily. thirty years. And it's just like it's it's not okay. It's no, no matter what, it is still war. It is life that's being lost. For no fucking reason mm-hmm. other than power, and I hate it. But it makes for a really good episode. And yeah. It, it makes for a spicy episode. It gets me good. fucking mad, Same. dude. I, oh, fucking, I get passionate about this shit. I hate war. I oh, hate it's it. trash. That's why I talk about it all the yeah, time. That's why that's I know all, about it. That's why I never responded to the other pieces of shit that reached out to me on Reddit. <laughs> 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 all right. So we're going to break it down a little bit. So in the morning... 100 soldiers were deployed after an artillery barrage and helicopter gunship strafes. Jesus. Against villages. Yeah, against villages yeah, that these they aren't don't even cities. know. They these, don't even know that these this is where the 40 They didn't get shot is. back at. <sighs> so God. they landed. They were like, huh, we didn't initially get attacked. That's weird. I think it was uh, an hour or so later. They must be hiding. Yeah. Fuck you. Hour or so later, God. they were attacked. They were shot at. They killed four people that attacked them, and then they recovered one weapon. <laughs> so, Jesus Christ. Because the whole point of this is to kill the 48th Battalion and recover their weapons. Yeah, yeah. Because if you don't recover the weapons, other Viet Cong get them, and it doesn't do anything. Yeah. So two other platoons landed soon after that, and they would just they were just walking, like getting to the the villages. And they would just shoot people in the rice fields. They just started shooting people as they would walk past them. There was a uh, there's a really famous picture of this where there was a, an older dude and a young kid just dead on the side of the road because they were walking to the market. And they're just dead. It, it was one of the seven pictures released. At 7 a.m.? Yeah, at 7 a.m. They wake up to go get food for their family. <laughs> and you mean, it, not you, but I'm told that 
they're all the US, Vietnam. Yeah, I'm Viet told Kong. that the U.S. are the good guys. It's like, yeah. really? Fucking really? And yeah. you wonder why the rest of the world hates, hates well, the United the States? the United States at this point was supposed to be here to protect these people from communism. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's not how you protect some. Well, at least they didn't become commies. Exactly. I Success. Would, I would rather be dead than red. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, <laughs> God damn. They the they converged on a village and found a bunch of it was all just old men, women, and children cooking over their little fires. They were making breakfast. They they were getting ready to go to the market. Yeah. They they welcomed the soldiers in. They're like, hey, cool, come on. They weren't afraid or anything. It was like, okay, cool. Um, well, they weren't outwardly afraid. I'm sure they were shitting bricks because yeah. that's just normal for them. So they they herded all the people they could find into like a common area and they were all just kind of like the soldiers were just what are we gonna do like shit are we gonna like search them like what's gonna happen and one dude uh this is from a a memoir not a memoir this is from an interview with somebody who was there Mm -hmm. this guy says that there was one soldier who hit an old man with his bayonet they're fucking it's always always one guy he hits him with his bayonet and then he turns around and pushes a guy into the well which is poisoned. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Pulls the pin on a grenade, drops it into the well, and then it started. What the fuck? Yeah. They start massacring people at this point. Uh, I think in this group there were like 80, 60 to 80 people. There were, uh, let's see. I, mean, I want to make sure I, I have it here. There were 20 people praying at a temple. And the soldiers went in, executed each one with a headshot. In the temple. Jesus. <laughs> they. Like the most the most innocent thing that you can be doing. Yeah. They're just sitting there praying. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't like religion. I don't like deities. But for God's sakes, I wouldn't fucking kill anybody while they're doing their thing. No. Like, while they're worshiping. Well, I wouldn't kill anybody anyway, but I, yeah. No, 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 no. I wouldn't kill them while they're doing this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just such a, like, terrible, terrible approach. Yeah. So another 80 more uh, women and children. And these events that I'm going to be telling you about, I did not break it down by which village it happened in. Yeah. It's just this is happening in all the villages. This is just a blanket, blanket numbers. Events that were happening. Okay. So uh, 80 more women and children were brought to an irrigation ditch and then they were shot. So they Exactly were... like the Nazis did, where they would bring them to a ditch, shoot them, and then, yeah, try to cover hey, it up. they were just... Following orders. Hmm. Weird. That should be the subtitle for this. It should. Nazis in Vietnam. Just following. That's really orders. good. That sounds like a movie. So. No, it sounds like a really, really fucked up documentary. Well, yes, that's what it exactly. Is. <laughs> we should do documentaries. No, we, no. We're too lazy. We don't even edit our own shows. I Yes, I do. I made a robot do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so lazy that I learned how to make a macro to edit it for me. Hey, it works. So the the women, while being shot at, were yelling, no Viet Cong, no Viet Cong, because they couldn't speak English, but they knew, no Viet Cong, no Viet Cong. They were shielding their kids. Um, one dude whose experience this was specifically that I took from remembered that he was shooting into the groups right next to his lieutenant. Yeah. Who was encouraging and shooting himself. And he was thinking, and he thought... All these kids, all these old men and women, they, they're they all strapped with grenades. They're all strapped with traps. I can't let them get near me. We just have to shoot them. 
Like he was so indoctrinated Jeez. in the lies that his commanding officers were giving him to basically turn the the whole point of war is you have to dehumanize the enemy as yeah. much as possible. And this dude filled with so much regret, you know, nowadays or yeah, probably now nowadays still I think he's still alive. But he remembered just being so indoctrinated in it. And the fact that the the officers and higher were all so involved is crazy. Because in most thing in mo most events in through history, if there was an atrocity to be happening, it would be ordered from above, and then the lowest would do it. Yeah, it from, that changed during like, World like War II. Like a trickle II. down effect, more or less. Yeah, that that changed during World War II because the uh, some of the people who were in charge of like the Einsatzgruppe or the um, the death squads and things wanted to make everybody involved culpable. Oh, okay. And that's kind of where, where some of this changed. But it's they, like if, if everybody's responsible, then nobody gives anybody up. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's in it together. Yeah. And like some of the kids who were old enough to stand got up from under their mother's corpses. Ugh. And then that lieutenant took out his pistol and started shooting the kids. Most of the soldiers were like, hold on. And they're like, yeah, nope. Bang, bang, bang. God damn. So remember that that ditch event comes up later. Okay. What 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 was the the date? That was this is still during this is March still 13th March sixteenth through the eighteenth to the eighteenth. All of this is through these days. Jesus. Um. So I've got a quote here. I walked up and saw these guys doing strange things, setting fire to the huts and waiting for people to come out and then shooting them. Um. As I walked in, you could see piles of people all through the village, all over. They were gathered up into large groups. I saw them shoot an M79 grenade launcher into a group of people who were still alive. What? But it was mostly done with grenade with machine gun. They were shooting women and children just like anybody else. We met no resistance. I only saw three captured weapons. We had no casualties. It was just like any other Vietnamese village. Old Papa San's women and children. As a matter of fact, I don't remember seeing one military age male in the entire place dead or alive. Fuck. And this this is a perfect example of what we were talking about earlier that Vietnam is a tough one to touch because you're like people that are listening right now served there. Their parents were there. Mm -hmm. Like grandparents. It's your uncle, whatever. It's it's fucked and they saw these things. And they knew how wrong it was. And you can't do anything because everybody's involved. What do you do? Say no? Some people did get out of it. And we'll talk about them later. Um, uh, another group of 50 people were basically herded out of the village and said, just go walk on that dirt road. And then they shot him. God damn. Just in the back. Yeah. Uh, another 155 were rounded up from a village. They basically lit all the houses on fire. And all the and that, but they had it surrounded, oh. so everybody had to run to the middle, and then they just shot them. And they just shoot them, there. and they they use grenade launchers on them. Civilians. So, another was, was Rambo like originally a Vietnam thing, wasn't he? Yeah, Rambo's Vietnam. That's what I thought. Man. Yeah. Thank God <laughs> for fucking Rambo. Am I right? Yeah. Jesus. The accurate representation. Yeah. I mean. Of a of a mentally ill man going on a murderous <laughs> rampage. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you don't think about it like that 
until you really think about it like that. Mm-hmm. And another thing that I'm not even talking about yet is the rape. Oh, I do. You, if I showed you a picture right now, the picture that was one of the main ones that was released when this came to light, you would recognize it. Oh, it, I'm sure. Uh, it's a Korean woman with a bunch of other people, and she's like holding her clothes on her. She had just been raped, and she was two seconds away from getting murdered. Jesus Christ. Like, she died after the photo was taken? Imme- like, almost immediately after. And the the fact that the picture was taken almost got the photographer killed. Dude, it's... I know that it's not as bad, but it's borderline raping of Nan King. Yeah, it's pretty damn close. It's scorched earth tactics. It's yeah. raping the women and the children and then killing them. Yeah. Like... Like, they didn't do... I mean, as as far as we know... They didn't do all the terrible things that Japan did uh, during the raping of Nanking. Uh, there but were, there were some accounts of I, scalping. I wouldn't be surprised if it was There were baby bayonets. Bad. Yeah. It's pretty dang close. I, I would not be surprised if it got pretty fucking close to that level. So, by mid-morning, members of Charlie Company had killed hundreds of civilians and raped or assaulted countless women and young girls. They encountered no enemy fire and found no weapons in Milai itself. Then, and that's a quote from Mil, uh, William Allison, a professor of military history. And then I I, I I read that quote. And I'm like, okay, I want to find the numbers to back that up. Like, what's yeah, documented? Yeah. Did they have no casualties? Did they find no weapons? Did they encounter no enemy fire? So in the end, Charlie Company had one casualty. A man who shot himself in the foot to avoid participating. <laughs> that would have been, been me. That would have been me. Straight up. I don't give a shit. If I was born... I'm not going to massacre civilians. If I was born in the 50s and in fucking Vietnam, you bet your ass I would have shot both feet. Mm-hmm. And that's saying something from you. Yeah. Um. So, they didn't recover zero weapons. They recovered three. Uh, they didn't kill hundreds of civilians... I, <laughs> they killed thousands. Uh, no, it, I guess just, the yeah. official count was 504. Oh, Jesus. Completely all civilians yeah, as completely far as completely innocent people. Yeah, completely innocent. Old men, old women, women, children. Yeah, argue with me on it. I don't give a shit. Innocent people. Innocent people, straight up. So now, this is how we know about this. Because this could have been like countless other massacres that were completely covered up by either the military or the people who performed them. Uh, from World War II, or World War Two, yeah, probably World War Two as well, yeah. but but from Vietnam. So this man, Hugh Thompson Jr., awesome dude. Okay. I don't know anything about his personal life, but what he did but here just is fantastic. Based on his actions. He's a helicopter pilot. He had a flight crew. His role was to provide air support for this offensive, for this operation, whatever you want to call it. So he's flying around. Strafing with machine guns, doing whatever, just doing his job, essentially, like doing the airstrikes and stuff. And he sees a bunch of civilians get shot in a ditch. And he he starts radioing in for medical support. He starts trying to get in contact with the people in charge of this group saying, hey, they're killing civilians here. Like, these are war. Stop them. Yeah, this is awful. So he actually landed, went up to the sergeant. And said, hey, I can get a medevac here. Like, let's get, I can see some kids alive in the ditch. Like, let's get in there and pull them out. And the, the sergeant, um, said, no, the only thing you can do is help me put them out of their misery. Oh my God, dude. So he witnessed, 
he witnessed that ditch, that first ditch. He witnessed the um, the lieutenant, Callie, I think it was, shooting the kids. And at that point, he was like, fuck, I got to do something. But I don't know what the fuck to do. Yeah. So he has a flight crew. He has an armed flight crew. <clears throat> and I'm pretty sure it's more helicopters than just his. Yeah, he, he probably has like a, Two a or three. small fleet. Yeah, very, very small. But he he was flying around trying. At this point, he wasn't even answering the call for oh, dude, for I'm air support. Lame. He was trying to figure yeah. out what the fuck was happening. Because it's not common, at least not to him, that a lieutenant would be willing to just shoot kids. For yeah. no reason. Children after they had just killed their mothers yeah. on top of them. Exactly. So he witnessed... Oh, I thought the screen went dark. I just had a stroke. <laughs> <clears throat> so he witnessed a bunch of ground troops advancing on a small bunker. I say bunker, but it's probably more like a dugout. Yeah. Um, with a bunch of civilians in it. He lands and he s- informs his crew that he's going to go over there and talk to them and try to get those people out. And if the infantry... Approaches that bunker, shoot him. Shoot the infantry. Shoot the infantry. Good. Yeah, straight up. And and his people were like, yes. Good. <laughs> this is fucked up. We're seeing what you're seeing. Yeah. This is awful. So he walked up, found the lieutenant. I think it was a different guy. And said, I'm going to evac these civilians and you can't stop me. And the guy said, the only way that those people are leaving that bunker is from this frag grenade. <laughs> oh, my God. And he basically said... No, you're not. And he went into the bunker with them. And because he had his flight crew there as witnesses, they can't just say, oh, he caught it, got caught in the crossfire because yeah. now they're going to have some infighting. Yeah. So it basically protected him. And he stood guard in this group of people <laughs> until he got them all evacuated out. Good for him. All 16 people. What's it included a couple One kids. More time? Hugh Thompson Jr. Hugh Thompson Jr. He's the proof that you can stand for what's right. Yeah, really, though. When war crimes are happening. You don't just have to shoot yourself in the foot. No, you can do this. Like, he's facing getting shot by his own people. He's facing getting, getting court-martialed. Yeah, fucking, like, grenades thrown into, like, at him by yeah, his own side. by his own yeah. people, yeah. So he, yeah, he personally guarded them. Um, he actually went back and found all the ditches that he could, and he had his flight crew take kids out of them. Good. Anybody who, who was alive, they would try to get him out. Yeah. Um, so crazy stuff. So he, as soon as it was done, basically by the end of that, that's, I think mid of that second day, he flies back to the base and says, yo, captain, shit's fucked up. And he, he gives a full report of the situation from there. He goes to the commander of the base. So it, it elevates. Oh yeah. He's working his way up the ranks. Oh yeah. And he, cause I'm sure he's just being told. Like he goes to he goes to the captain. No, captain. he went to the he went to the captain. The captain was like, "They're not supposed to be doing that." Oh, I was thinking it was like, "I'm doing what I'm told." Goes no, out. no, they I'm weren't supposed to told. do that. Yeah, the the orders were find the 48th battalion, not massacre the civilians. I see. The massacre of the civilians came from the lieutenant came and the from captain. The lieutenant and the captain. Okay. So, um, from the local command. Yeah. Not the not the, up. not the people that are back at the base. It's yeah. from the people that are boots on the ground. Yep. So he he reported the events to the captain, and the captain said, "We got to go talk to the company commander." He goes to the company commander, and he basically says what's happening, and said, "It is exactly like watching the Nazis do what they did again. Yeah. This is one hundred percent what we saw." 
from the Nazis. There's no excuse for this behavior. And he he was actually, because of this, the, he, the commander radioed the operation and shut it down. They actually withdrew. Good. Uh, a little too late. But they <laughs> yeah. definitely saved some people from doing that. Yeah, I mean... They made it they stay in the some. hundreds and not to the yeah. thousands, which, you know what? That's better than nothing. Yeah. So he was given the Distinguished Flying Medal, which he threw away. <laughs> what? Because he didn't respect Dude, the people from this. the fucking balls on yeah. you. So there, there was a bunch of... Yeah, there was a ceasefire ordered... But the commander of the operation told the company commander, hey, it was a success. We killed 128 Viet Cong with only 20 civilian casualties. So no. there were congratulations going out, awards going oh, out I'm to sure. the people yeah. who did this. And it was like, this is fantastic. Outstanding action and all this stuff. Well, it's all just propaganda. Yeah. But it's, the, it's the, essentially it's, just it's propaganda the within as... the military group. Yeah, yeah. Between the commanders. Uh, more it it was more like, of a cover-up. Yeah, more of like political theater. I'm sure there's a better word for it, but like to show, oh, like uh, camaraderie. There we go. No, at, like, at this point, they, they basically said it was a success. The people that he saw being massacred in the ditch were Viet Cong. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. And it was super successful, and we did a fantastic job. Yeah. Of course. The head of military action in Vietnam at that time said that, made a huge statement to the press, that they dealt a huge blow to the enemy. In his memoirs, after he retired, it was a complete 180, where he said it was it was abhorrent and the worst thing that's ever happened, whereas he was all behind it and supporting it at the time. Yeah. Fucking two-faced bastard. So the, Hugh, Hugh Thompson Jr. actually got, I think it was like the highest non-combat medal awarded to anybody in the military. <laughs> Damn. Toss and he, they were going to give it to him privately. And he said, I will not, re I will not accept this unless you do a public, uh, a public ceremony. Yeah. Because basically to say you have why to say why he did it. it. Yeah. And they were like, oh, we're not going to do that. Uh, actually, you don't get it. And, but then there was a lot of pressure. And they, they eventually did well, a public yeah, ceremony. I, I'm sure that their approach is, well, if this is so successful, we need to award somebody awards. Yeah. We need to make a show of, like, why this was successful. Here's a here's a, a war hero to model your mm -hmm. your 1970s Which straight children up, after. I am not a fan of the military, as we've talked about a lot. I'm not no, a fan no. of wars. This dude was a hero. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, and I'm not this saying... This dude's a... I, I'm not but saying But I understand not, the, the idol but, tree that yeah, they're trying to create. Absolutely. Because mm -hmm. you go back to the States, you have the ceremony, you say, oh, look at this war hero. Well, why was he a yeah, hero? Yeah, now they got to say why. Yeah. What what did he do that was so good? He's not going to stand by while they're like, uh, he killed all these Viet Cong. He goes, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. That's not what happened. And then homie's got a book deal and he fucking dumps on the U.S. Army. <laughs> So what ended up happening is, of course, they swept it under the rug. Oh, Back yeah. on the home front, it was all, oh, super successful. We wiped out an entire battalion that was never there. Um, and I think Nixon at this point was involved, and he took a lot of credit, <laughs> which is fantastic. Um, and and pretty much it was swept under the rug, but it was internally investigated. The U.S. military, it quoted, as I was saying way at the beginning, they quoted something like, 
maybe 200 civilians were killed in this oh, whereas over the total of the like yeah, total the of total the entire war no of that of the of oh, that of this that. massacre okay and then the the uh, memorial the official memorial from a government investigation in vietnam a vietnamese government investigation yeah it's way it's minimum 504 that they were able to identify oh so probably way more. Oh yeah, I I'm mean, sure you're not going to be able to identify a lot of those kids. Yeah, you're not like, going to be able to find a lot of those kids. Yeah, Jesus. I, even I, even the people that got away, like these are fucking jungle areas. You're not going to survive super long into the night. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah. So two years later, there's a, a fantastic person. I don't know if he's a fantastic person. At this event, he's a fantastic person. Seymour Hirsch. He had one shining moment. As far as I know. I don't know. As far as we understand. So it's 1969. Vietnam is not popular. It's starting to wane. It's starting to wane. What? There are draft burning, draft card burning. Protests. What? A lot of the protests are from young, highly educated people, weirdly enough. Weird. And this dude, Seymour, published... The entire, uh, I want to make sure I'm going to say it right, so I got to scroll up. The entire My Lai massacre. Oh. In the news. Oh, fuck. He published it. It was picked up by the New York Times, <laughs> Time Magazine. Oh Basically, any every newspaper picked up this story. Yeah. The reason he was able to get it published and be accurate in his information without even knowing the outcome of the different investigations from it is because he had pictures. He was an investigative journalist who worked with the Vietnam like war correspondents. Yeah. And with the, the photographers essentially who were throughout Vietnam. So he posted in these newspapers, the full footage of corpses on the ground, corpses in the ditches, children, Women Fucking, who were just raped. Yeah. Like, yeah, dead children on the ground. Oh, houses burning. Man. Wells being destroyed. All of this in a huge expose, and it got picked up everywhere. Oh, I'm sure. The The White House had it, had to dedicate an entire team to trying to smooth it over because it became such a huge scandal that they, like, it became international news. Jesus. And... It, it just, public opinion already wasn't great of both the government at the time in general and the war, and it just fucking tanked, rightfully so. So at, at the time, I have this kind of, almost a postscript, so there's evidence that three servicemen tried to halt the massacre. Yeah. One dude shot himself, there's Hugh, Hugh Thompson Jr., mm. and another dude who's not named. The reason he's not named is because... Not only were they shunned when this event happened, because when, when it came back and like, oh, it's a wide success, except these three dudes, they were called traitors by Congress. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> they were, and completely shunned by the military, they were like going to be court-martialed when the, the news dropped of the actual events. And it kind of exonerated them. That's, that's when Hugh yeah. started to get medals. Well, they tried to give him medals. Yeah. And that shit. So... Wow. So let's talk about what what happened when it was investigated. Who got in trouble? Who got charged? Like, who's at fault for these awful war crimes? 
has well the the military overall command of Vietnam just said find the militants. Yeah. Okay, so then the the task force was created. So it, the task force commander said, "Okay, we got to find the militants in these villages we've narrowed it down or whatever." Yeah. So then you got the battalions and the groups of people, and that seems to be, I could be wrong, but it seems to be that's where it became kind of all those quotes I read earlier. Yeah. The lieutenants and the captains basically saying, "These aren't even people. Kill them all." Yeah. burn everything that's where the indoctrination church. really like yeah that's really in. really where it works Jeez. and so because of that they did an investigation started charging people there were 26 soldiers charged all charges were dropped of course god man lieutenant callie yeah yeah or kaylee i don't know who shot the kids had horrible quotes in the beginning. Yeah. Who, that guy. Yeah, he was like, he was the one that was standing next to the guy with the uh, the machine gun. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, uh, we're putting him out of their misery. Yeah, that dude. Yep. Who, uh, no medevacs, just yeah. put him out of their misery. This is, this is the trenches this dude. that you, yeah. you talked about earlier. Uh, Maine basically doing shit that Nazis do. Mm-hmm. Or did. He was convicted. Oh. Okay. Got a life sentence. Oh, thank God. President stepped in, changed it to three Jesus three years house fuck. arrest for massacring 504 people. Which president? Nixon? I think it was Nixon. That fucking dick. <laughs> yeah. Three years house arrest. He was supposed to be five, I think. Five or six. And he, he got off early. <laughs> so nobody paid for these crimes. No, of course nobody not. Nobody paid for these war crimes, these fucking genocides. So, you know. So, yeah. Uh, if you're in high school and they tell you... To join the army, tell them fuck no. Yeah, ask them to remember me lie, and they won't know what you're talking about. This shit has to stop, man. It's fucked up. Ask your professors about this. I I mean, and I know that we already have some exposés on what happened in Iraq and Afghanistan Mm -hmm. and just just the Middle East overall. Well, just WikiLeaks. Our WikiLeaks episode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, with with the the people. Abortion Shooting of civilians, yeah. Yeah, abortion of justice. It's the exact same shit happening yeah, again. Dude. They're sitting in a helicopter and they shoot not only civilian non-combatants, they shoot press members. They shoot. They don't care. They don't give a fuck. Yeah, and if you if you come at me with war is hell, fuck off. Like it's war is hell, and humans made it. Yeah, it's 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 terrible, and none of these things should even happen. Like, I get that fucking dictators can be out of hand but <laughs> fucking war crimes do not need to be happening no oh god if dude. if you sign up to the military and you consent to be shot at and sent to war and you're fighting an enemy who also consents to be shot at and go to war well, you're two consenting adults. Do what you want. <laughs> you're both part of the problem. Yeah, well, you're both part when of the problem. But, down to but it. if you are a consenting adult who's not under duress and made the decision that you consent to being shot at, potentially killed, but you're fighting somebody who's just trying to live? Yeah. I mean... Fuck you. You figure the indoctrination is happening on both sides. So oh, yeah. it's like, it's this person thinks that what they're doing is good. It's fighting against someone who thinks that what they're doing is good. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like... <laughs> I'm a bad guy. It's not like the like the other side is coming out and like, oh, no, we're here for world takeover. They're thinking 
We're These assholes us. are coming into our area and they're trying to kill our innocent people because maybe they have previously. They might have a fucking history of killing mm. innocent people for God's sakes. So it's just like, like, <laughs> it's think it's, think yeah. about it as all of the World War Two movies that you've seen that have been released by oh surprise surprise Hollywood Studios like we talked about. <laughs> The movies that we see, the information that a lot of these people see about these wars, it's propaganda-esque. It's showing one side of the story. It's not showing the fact that, like, these families are – these guys on the other side have families that they're trying to defend because they're like, oh, my God, these dudes are charging into our land. Exactly. Like – if your favorite movie is American Sniper, try, oh my God. try reading a fucking book for once, because I know you don't know how. Yeah, Learn how to read. read anything other than the title of that movie and understand that like these people are simply defending themselves against a An system. An occupying force and a system, uh, yeah. Against a system that has the most expensive... And most well-funded war system in the entire history of the world. And we still lost. And it, Yeah, and we still <laughs> lost. Thank God. Yeah. Um, and it, I won't get too much further into it. But for fuck's sakes, like, it's not okay. Yeah. And Be introspective. It's, it's not something that... that should be like, I mean, like what Hugh Thompson Jr. went through, mm-hmm. where they're like, oh, we'll give you medals. He wants to be a war hero, but the war heroes that we're looking up to are not the war heroes that we should be. He didn't want to be a war hero. Yeah. I, I, he didn't go into he, that. For honestly, that. he's he went a humanitarian into that hero. To save, to save these people. He's absolutely he a humanitarian put everything hero. on the line. Like, the thing is that to say war hero is completely ass backwards yeah. because you're saying, how are oh, you a hero? This person that's murdered all these people. Yeah, it's fucking murder. I don't care who you are. No, it's murder. Straight up. If you take the life of another person, it's murder. Yeah. These well, people. Well, hold on. <laughs> nah, we won't get into the more. Like, I the... do support your right to end your own life. Well, that's fair. I don't think that's murder. I think that's your choice because it's your body and you have the right to die if you huh. so shoot. I, I agree there. However, in every other case, when you're, going in, when you're going into war and you're shooting at other people and it's by your hand, whether you were told to do it or not, or you're hitting a button on a screen. Yeah. No matter what, it's murder. And if you're going in there and murdering people, you should not be labeled a hero. No, you I don't should care be labeled a murderer. Yeah, absolutely. It's fucking awful. Oh, Okay. Got that so, off my chest. I'm not gonna be able to sleep tonight because my fucking blood pressure's at an all time high. So we'll I'll, I'll I'll end it with one thing. Yeah. If you ever find yourself in a difficult situation, don't be Lieutenant Callie. <laughs> be Hugh Thompson Jr. Absolutely. Everybody has the opportunity and the chance to do that, to do something to change or prevent something horrible from happening. There's always a way out. Yeah. Don't fucking stand there and film on your phone when there's an Asian American getting the shit kicked out of them on the street for no reason. Yeah. Like, do something. <laughs> you have the ability and, to do and something. And it's not a matter of using violence against no, no, violence. No, not at all. There are ways of stopping people without, 
fucking shooting them without hitting them. Like, you can grab somebody and restrain them to the ground fairly easily if you get the high ground. Turns out Obi-Wan was right all along. Uh, But it's one of those things that standing by and not doing things and saying that you're taking the orders or, oh, I recorded it. That's great you recorded it. Just say your phone up so that it keeps recording at like a good angle. Don't Mm -hmm. take too much time to focus on that. But be the change that you want to see. Yeah, we're we're in the age of activism is just a Twitter rant, and that doesn't do jack shit. Or a podcast rant, me. Or a podcast rant. <laughs> but we we really need to get back to true activism where you're out there it's going tough. to events, doing things. It's tough as nails right now. Oh, it's, yeah, because we don't want to die as yeah, well. God but, forbid. But, yeah, get your vaccinations. Stand up for your fellow man, no matter who it is. Well, unless they're a murderer, um, or unless they're an instigator. Uh, but just be a good fucking person. Yeah, like, vaccine. why is it so hard to just be yeah. in, be nice, be good, be kind, oh, so be full of love? On that note, uh, find us on Instagram and Twitter at Points O Pressure. Uh, you got the Patreon pulled oh, up? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess we're at that part. Oh, yeah, tying it up. So, NSA isn't real, D's nuts, Nordic Thunder, Toddle Waddle. Dark Runner, Haley, Casey McFacey. Thank you guys so much. If you're Thank interested, you. we talked about the uh, this Thursday. There's going to be a sloppy seconds out just yep. to give you a little, For a little taste. A little, little taste. Um, of them another uh, like fuck. How many do we even have? Uh, I think we will have 25 uh, oh, this Thursday. Does that seem right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. This Thursday 25. will be uh, 24 and 25s. Yeah. So. So you know, One check out. If, out. if you want to listen to yeah. more idiots rant. Yeah. If you want to hear me get not as passionate about things, because for some reason, AJ just brings it out on me on the regular recordings. Um, I do it on purpose because it makes for great content and good conversation. Yes, I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, check it out. Follow the links below. Go to our Patreon. Go to our Instagram, our Twitter, whatever. Find us. Reach out. Give us feedback. Send us suggestions for movies, music, books articles show ideas i don't give a shit what it is just reach out if you need to talk to somebody honestly if you it has been a hell of a fucking year and a half so by all means if you need somebody to talk to lord knows i do so uh reach out it's all good we're the end is not necessarily in sight but potentially near so we will catch you guys next Monday. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to my fucking madness. We'll see ya. Peace. <laughs>